0: Hello and welcome back to All Our Wood Chatters. We've heard a lot this series about the forest and wood products industry and some of the innovations that are supporting its future growth and evolution. But the big question is why? Is there really the need, the demand or indeed the desire for timber to be used as the primary material in construction projects over more broadly accepted alternatives?
1: Well, the people behind the Make It Wood program at Planet Ark would certainly say so. It's an initiative that aims to educate and encourage the increased use of responsibly sourced timber as a building material due to the variety of compelling benefits when compared to other materials, not least when it comes to its environmental credits. We met with David Rollinson, the campaign manager at Planet Arc, to find out more. Hi, David. Um, so we're here to talk about uh, some of the benefits of using timber in construction.
0: Can you tell us about the environmental benefits of using timber as a building material?
2: I certainly can. Yeah, my name's David, and I work for Planet Ark. And I, the focus of the campaign is to promote the use of sustainably sourced timber as a building material. And the main reason of that, for that, of course, is environmental. And there are basically four main reasons why we advocate so strongly for the increased use of timber as a building material. The first, of course, is that it's renewable. It's the only renewable mainstream building material we have. We talk about a concept called ecological footprinting, living on nature's interest, not its capital. Now, to put that into context, uh, Yale University did a study uh, in 2014, so four years ago, and they looked at the whole of the world's forests and concluded that the, the volume of timber contained in the world's forest is 385 billion cubic metres. They also reckons an additional 17 billion growing per annum and that we're actually using 3.4 billion. So we're using 20% of the additional growth, not the existing growth, so living on nature's interest, not its capital. No other building material can, can make that claim. The second, of course, is that wood stores carbon. To get a, create a kilo of timber, a tree will absorb 1.47 kilos of CO2, removing it from the atmosphere, which is obviously good from a climate change perspective, and that's called carbon sequestration. It'll emit about a kilo of oxygen, which is obviously good for us, because that's what we breathe, yeah. and it'll leave us with a kilo of timber. And of that timber, half, about 50% of the dry weight of timber is carbon. And the great advantage is in the building uh, industry is that that carbon can then be stored for many, many decades, centuries, even millennia. The oldest building in the world is the Horiyu Temple in Japan, which was first erected in 710. So that's been storing carbon for over 1,300 years. Oh, wow. The third environmental benefit that timber provides is what we call it has very low what we call embodied energy. All the energy that goes into its uh, manufacture and production uh, of any product including timber or concrete or steel is called embodied energy and timber has a small fraction of the embodied energy that concrete or steel which are very high carbon intensive materials would create. And as a rule of thumb if you can convert a cubic meter of a solid material like concrete to a cubic meter of timber it's going to divert about a ton or about a a thousand kilos of co2 from going into the atmosphere and the great benefit about that is it's it's a concept called avoided carbon we get the benefit immediately we don't have to wait for the life of the building to get that benefit it happens instantaneously because we're not emitting emissions that would otherwise have been emitted had we used more carbon intensive materials and the fourth reason is that it timber can and should be certified. There are two major certification bodies in the world and the significant majority of timber is certified by one or other of those and that guarantees that the timber comes from sustainably sourced, well-managed forests or plantations and it also guarantees that when a tree is harvested, another is planted in its place so we get the benefit of the the renewability of timber.
1: And so if... Everybody was to, in an ideal world, switch to timber right now. Mm -hmm. What's the availability?
2: Well, timber is available. That said, we import a lot more. Very sadly, in Australia, we import more timber than we export. And a number of the larger buildings do rely on, on timber, which is imported from either Europe or North America. So timber is, a, is, it is an abundant resource and I guess it really depends on the amount of access that we get to timber. So certainly we need more plantation. We need to make sure that there are initiatives in place and government legislation and intervention to make sure that we can grow the, the plantation resource. Um, but also make sure that access to, to natural or native forest where it's appropriate it also provides an additional source of timber. So yes, theoretically, either on a worldwide case or even in local in Australia, there's no reason at all why timber shouldn't be widely available, but we need to make sure we put in the the appropriate processes.
0: And uh, what about the other benefits of timber over and above environmental ones?
2: One of the ones that's becoming increasingly prevalent is the, the health benefit that we get from using natural materials like timber. It's a process called biophilia or biophilic design, Uh, bio meaning natural, philia is opposite to a phobia. Phobia is something we fear. aphilia is something we love. So put them together, you get yeah. biophilia. Yes. and had
1: a conversation with uh, Professor Jackie Shermer about in, some recent research. On
2: indeed. It and and it, is, it is a fascinating area of subject. And indeed, Planet Art published a report on that just over a year ago, which highlighted pulled together research from around the world that shows quite conclusively the benefit that we get from using natural materials and this type of environment. Because one of the problems in Australia, we've got a, we're, we're the most urban society in the world. And so we're getting an increasing disconnect with, uh, with the natural environment. Yeah. And that's correlating with increased levels of obesity and mental health issues. So the whole notion of biophilia or biophilic design using natural materials like timber is to bring the natural environment indoors. Yeah. Because what the research shows quite clearly that by using timber in this way, it actually mimics the effect of spending time in nature. And we know from a vast amount of research that just 10 minutes a day is all it takes to improve your physiological and your psychological well-being. So this whole notion of biophilic design is using those elements and bring them into the internal fabric of the building so that we can make the occupants of, uh, of buildings healthier and happier and more productive. We know there are benefits on the on the body. A um, number of studies have shown quite conclusively that there's improved stress response, lower heart rate, lower pulse rate and, and so on. You get quite clearly um, clearly demonstrated through the use of, of these natural materials. And in the case of school children for example, um, that school can be one of the most stressful activities of their life. So we can use these uh, natural design components, it can have significant and long-lasting uh, beneficial impacts. We know that with, uh, there are benefits on the brain. There are studies, again, that are detailed in, in the Planet Arc re- report that look at, compare the behaviour of a- aged care residents, both in predominantly man-made environments to those in natural environments, including wood. And in the natural environments, they're much more talkative, they're much more friendly. Um, So, again, we can use these materials to have a a, a significant benefit uh, overall. Another one is that we know that wood is hygroscopic, which means it will either absorb or emit moisture depending on the prevailing conditions. So if we're in a very moist environment like North Queensland in the summer, the timber will help to moderate that by absorbing some of that moisture And similarly, if you're in an air-conditioned office with very low humidity, they will have the the effect of returning some of that moisture to balance. To balance effect, another one, of course, is that timber um, can be a lot quicker to construct. Um, A lot of the, the, particularly the larger buildings now. Use what we call mass timber or engineered timber. There are a number of different types of that cross laminated timber, glue lamb, laminated veneer lumber, and a number of others. And so, what that, that's now being used to create some significantly larger buildings than was, was possible previously. And one of the benefits that timber brings is that it can be, it's typically prefabricated off site, it's done to a very high level of precision because it's produced in a factory, not on a, on a working environment where obviously the conditions for production are, are absolute optimus, uh, optimum. And then they're shipped to the, um, the site where they're installed, essentially like a, a glorified Ikea. And to put that in exa- uh, into context, context, I was lucky enough to visit a, a building called Brock Commons last year. It's a university residence building in Vancouver in Canada. And it's currently the tallest timber building in the world. It's 18 stories tall, the ground floor is concrete. The two lift shafts are concrete, but apart from that, everything else in the, in the building is, is uh, engineered timber. And that building was erected in nine and a half weeks. Wow. It would have taken considerably longer to, to build that building um, using any other manufacturing technique. On top of that, another you know, significant benefit that timber plays, particularly in Northern Europe, where they've got much colder climate than we have here in Australia, is that timber has an extremely high level of what we call thermal resistance. To give you some idea, it's 15 times the thermal resistance of, of brick or concrete, about 400 times that of steel. If you think about putting a steel spoon in a pan of boiling water, you can hold it for a, maybe a couple of seconds. You Put a, a wooden spoon in a pan of boiling water, you can hold it for many minutes. And that's because of this thermal resistance. And so if you use that in a building, what it does, it keeps all the, the heat in in the winter and the heat out in the summer so that your are your costs of heating and cooling are significantly less than they would be um, with, with using other materials. So and so
1: that then would, I imagine, be another environmental benefit, essentially.
2: Oh, absolutely, because not, we're, not, we're, we're using less energy to, to heat and cool buildings, absolutely. So there's a, there's, a, there's a financial benefit, of course, but there's a consequential environmental benefit as well. Um, another interesting benefit that timber provides um, relates to flammability. Because, of course one of the questions I regularly get asked is, won't the building simply burn down? Any building will burn down. No building is built so that it won't burn because just about anything will. Buildings are designed so that they can be safely evacuated in the event of a fire. Well, one of the benefits of timber is its behaviour in the, in the event of a fire is extremely predictable, because what happens, particularly with, with uh, engineered timber, with larger pieces of timber, they will char on the outside, and that basically slows down the, the burning process. So yes, they will continue to burn, but they burn at a very slow, predictable rate so that we know exactly how the building is going to perform. And the building I mentioned earlier, Brock Commons, I was on that building in that building last year with the chief fire engineer of Vancouver, and he said, this is comfortably the safest building in Vancouver because we know exactly how it performs. And similarly, the fire engineers in London are on record of saying they would rather go into a timber building that's on fire than a concrete and steel one. Because the problem with a concrete and steel building, if it, it will at some point fail catastrophically. And you never know when that point is going to be. Whereas with a timber building, its behaviour is is much more consistent and predictable.
1: So I wanted to ask you about the steps that you're taking to promote some of these benefits, particularly the environmental benefits, mm. there is a, uh, a, a, a tactic, I suppose, that you're using called uh, the wood encouragement mm-hmm. policy. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that?
2: I, I can, yes. Wood encouragement policies have been around for a number of years uh, in countries like Japan, the UK, Netherlands, France. Uh, the first one uh, was adopted here in Australia by Latrobe Trobe Council in, in Victoria in December of 2014. And what a wood encouragement policy essentially requires is that wood is at least considered as the primary structural material doesn't mean that it has to be the material that's used but that it's at least in the consideration set Um, and councils are doing this for a number of reasons obviously the environmental benefits that timber provides the health benefits that timber provides uh, the efficiency and therefore economy that timber provides so there are a lot of reasons so if, if it's done right councils should be able to reduce their carbon emissions and save money by building using timber. And so I do, and I have speak to a lot of councils, I've done many presentations to councils, and to get them to understand why it is that a, a, um, a wood encouragement policy would be of benefit and interest for them, because they can then use that to promote their own environmental credentials. And to date, there are two local government authorities, 15 local councils, and one state, Tasmania, became the first state in Australia to adopt a statewide wood encouragement policy, which they adopted just over a year ago in June of 2017. And we're certainly seeing a lot more interest from from councils. I was at the local government association annual general assembly in Canberra and did a presentation there to about 500 mayors, CEOs, general managers and councillors. And many came up to me afterwards and said, that was great, really interesting and what they want to know more. Hmm
0: so have you found any resistance in those conversations
2: very little I guess the resistance that we do get is to some degree the fear of the unknown and as we alluded to earlier on it's about availability of timber and and that's a you know legitimate uh, question to ask um, but when we talk about the environmental benefits the health benefits most people tend to understand and agree with that so there seems to be little debate if you like but it's more than about and of course, in some of the council areas where forestry is prevalent, there's an additional benefit to, for them in terms of you know maintaining local employment levels and and so on, and being able to provide locally procured timber where possible. So the, the, there's no overt resistance. It's probably more based on fear of the unknown than 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 anything to do with timber per se. I would say. Right. And one one um, initiative that I thought was particularly commendable, um, East Fremantle over in WA was one of the very first city councils to adopt a wood encouragement policy. Clearly they don't have forestry in their backyard, so they they're in, they implemented a policy because of its environmental health, economic benefits, etc. But to their eternal credit they didn't just introduce one uh, policy, they introduced two. One was a council policy for all council and public buildings, another was a, a general policy which was aimed at all their ratepayers rate saying if you're refurbishing a house or rebuilding a house, we want you to consider timber for these reasons. That was their own initiative and I commend them for it because it, and hopefully many other councils will, will be so sort of forward thinking and progressive and use similar initiatives.
1: I wanted to hear directly from councils who've committed to wood encouragement policies about their reasons for doing so and what they hope to achieve. So, I gave Sandy Cam of La Trobe Council a call. Hi, Sandy. I've been talking to a few different people about wood encouragement policies, the idea behind them, and what is hoped would be achieved by more and more councils adopting these policies. And I was interested to find out from somebody who was instrumental in ensuring a council did adopt such a policy, what the process looked like, and what inspired you to go through that process.:
3: Well, what kind of inspired me was, back in 2013, I went to a conference that talked about the timber and vast industry and all its different applications, and it made me realize that there was a huge future. And by talking to some people at the conference, they kept on mentioning, you know, that around the world there's this Wood First policy. Never heard of it. So I did a little bit of research and I realised people did it because they had the industry in the area and so did we. So we thought the best way to progress this is first to find out what kind of an industry we have also to create a round table. So we had local municipalities. We had people from various sides of the industry, from engineers. We had universities like RMIT and we had Planet um, kind art of, uh, from an environmental perspective. Um, by the time we finished the round table, what was our aim and purpose was that there are a lot of architects out there when you're them to design a building just have their favourite materials and they just do the standard. What we wanted to do was say, well, no, you must stack the wood into your design and then come back and tell us whether wood is the appropriate material, and this is what it's all about, what is the appropriate material, and if wood is not appropriate, that's okay. Just let us yep. know that you've done yep. your 360. You've made sure you've looked at all the materials and what would be more appropriate. From there, we decided that also it couldn't be called wood first. We're not mandating anything. We're just trying to make sure we educate architects, builders, and everyone, and so... We came down with the name Wood Encouragement Policy. We got a working committee together and we okay. started working out, well, what do you need in a policy and what role will the council play? We got down to a policy that we were all happy and we then took it to council and put it out for um, for comment submissions. And the interesting thing about that was we got many submissions and to the best of my recollection, we may have only had one or two that weren't happy.
1: Oh, really? So there wasn't a lot of resistance there then?
3: Everyone was supportive of it because, I mean, the the issue here is when we're talking about timber, mm. it is, you know, a natural, sustainable, renewable resource. And um, it was unanimously adopted. See, so the second okay. part is then making sure you get your engineers and your capital works people to understand what that actually means. We had Alistair Woodard from Wood Solutions come in and do some workshops and even take some of the staff around to see some of the buildings that already existed in Melbourne.
1: And how long was that process all up from when you first started to consider the policy to when it was passed or adopted? Well, we
3: started the first part of it about identifying our industry and looking at further progressing it in February and March of 2014. We finally adopted the policy in December 2014.
1: So it was a relatively quick process then?
3: It probably seems like that. I thought (laughs) it took longer, but we needed to take baby steps because the whole idea here was to bring everyone along on the journey, and that's why we did our workshops, we did public consultation.
1: We've been focusing in this podcast specifically on some of the environmental benefits of timber. And so I wondered how important you believe that aspect was to getting people's buy-in.
3: At the end of the day, I think the environmental aspect was just a byproduct. You know, it ticked so many boxes that it was just the cherry on top.
1: So, with Latrobe specifically, what do you believe the benefits of the wood encouragement policy will be, either short-term or long-term?
3: One was sort of ticking off that as an industry, it is an industry of the future. It's yep. one that we should support. Also ticking off that, you know, that uh, it was environmentally, because it was a renewable resource, we should be looking at it. And the long-term is seeing more buildings, and just public infrastructure.
1: And so what would your message be then to any council that has not yet investigated this as an option and is perhaps starting to consider whether a wood encouragement policy would work for them based on your experience?
3: What I would say to any council is do not sit there with any policy and talk about being environmentally conscious about your You know about your surroundings and your community. If you do not have a wood encouragement policy, then you are not being a true conservationist. Because I have seen policies about building where they talk about building environmental sustainability, and they won't even consider wood in that makeup. You can't talk about the environment and being sustainable as a council or as a community, Mm -hmm. and not acknowledge that timber is a sustainable product.
1: And now back to our chats with David. How does Australia sit in the scheme of things? Are we um, ahead of the game? Are we behind? Are we leading the way? Um, How do we compare to other countries?
2: Great question. If you'd asked me that five years ago, sadly I would have had to say we're a long, long, long way behind but Australia is playing a rapid catch-up game. There are now well over 50 buildings either completed or in the process of completion. Significant buildings, multi-level libraries, apartment buildings, uh, office buildings in Australia. So we're now starting to uh, to grow rapidly uh, on, on a worldwide scale. The Europeans, particularly Austrians, well, the Austrians invented cross-laminated timber in the 1990s, and so they they use it far more widely and more diversely than, than, than we currently do. Uh, but that said, we're, we're starting to see the likes of International House Sydney, which is the first offer, timber office building that Lendlease completed last year. Lendlease themselves are uh, also completed Forte Apartments in Melbourne in 2012, which is a 10-storey um, CLT building. The ground floor is concrete, the other nine are timber. And for a while, that was the tallest timber building in the world. They also completed the library at the dock in Docklands in Victoria in 2014, which was the first public building to be built using timber. And they're currently about two thirds of the way up a building in Brisbane called 25 King, which, when it's completed, will be both the largest by gross floor area and the tallest um, wooden office building in the world. And so, those are just a few examples. There are many others. So, we're now from a, a relatively sl- slow start seeing a major uptake of this uh, phenomenal material and the, uh, the, the the portents for the future are extremely positive.
1: So talking about the future then, what is the ideal, main outcome of the work that you've been doing with, uh, for instance, wood encouragement policies?
2: Ultimately that timber is uh, more widely understood, that it's not, people don't say why should we use timber they basically say why shouldn't we you know why not there are so many benefit benefits we need to make sure that the the, the product is available the the amount of the right wood in the right place at the right time is, is all available but ultimately that the environmental benefits the health benefits the economic benefits the speed and efficiency are understood by most of the major builders in Australia and further afield and that Timber is one of the first options considered and certainly from a, a, a government and councils we'd love to see I mean, obviously the, the Australian federal government looking at the benefits of a, a wood encouragement policy, more state governments, there's certainly been some some conversations to date but we need to see those develop and grow and actually materialise into, into formal um, policies so and I think you know we, we're starting to see widespread media. There's articles and videos in the Sydney Morning Herald, The Aid, The Economist, The Wall Street Journal. Many, many non-building focused publications are talking about why why wood is good.
0: Do you think the conversation around concerns about the future of the climate is helpful for what you're doing?
2: Absolutely. I think these days there's very, very few sceptics. There are some, but the vast, vast majority of the scientific um, belief is that, yes, it's happening, to to some degree at least. There seems to be little debate about the fact that that climate change is happening. And, of course, timber in buildings has a significant part to play. Buildings are, there are a number of figures, but the the lowest is 23% of our CO2 emissions come from the building sector. And I've seen figures as high as 40%. So depending on how you cut it, Is anything between 23 and 40% of our total CO2 emissions in Australia come from the building sector? Now, as I mentioned earlier on, timber can, can reduce those CO2 emissions not just a little bit; they can reduce them significantly.
1: Well, thanks, David. I appreciate your time in talking to us today. So it sounds as though there's a lot of work happening right across Australia to convince decision makers of the merits of wood in construction.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense when you consider not only the environmental benefits but also the wealth of other advantages we've heard about today. Seems like the future's looking good for wood. Indeed, let's hope so. And that's it for another edition. We hope you found it as interesting as we have. Make sure you join us next time for more Wood Chat.